welcome to Purple Keys, feminist collective stories from the pandemic. In this series, we investigate reproductive rights in Poland and Italy, learn about a mobile app which counteracts gender-based violence and how migrant women in Europe found a self-employment alternative to the crisis during the pandemic. Demain, je prends mon courage à demain et j'en parle à mon ami. Il m'écoutera, ça me fera du bien et qui sait, peut-être que je deviendrai comme ces femmes qu'on voit dans 20 heures qui se livrent dans leurs livres, qui se délivrent de leurs douleurs et qui dénoncent le violeur. Unity among girls and courage as ways to escape from violence. These are the lyrics of French African artist the Ariata Ndiaye. An artist, but also an activist. Her personal life experience with violence influences her work. She created a mobile app to support other women who've lived through violence and now seek counseling that could help them deal with it, working even more intensely during the pandemic. The Ariata uses the song to tell her story and make other women feel that they are not alone. During this episode, you will listen to the story of how Diariata's app helps survivors of gender-based violence and those of other activists who, like her, are trying to tackle gender-based violence through online tools in a time of social isolation. Je suis Française d'Afrique Dur, dur, dur d'être With an imposing 1.80 meters high, Diaria Tandiaye, a 36 years old mother of three, wears long reddish braids tied in a tail and an oversized black shirt. When she smiles, her cheeks carve deep dimples in her face. Seated in her office in Nantes, in France's western Brittany region, right behind colored posters made by youth from one of the schools she works with on raising awareness about gender-based violence, the Ariata tells her story. I'm a poet, founder of an app, director of an association. All these things converge into one, the fight against violence toward women. I have fighting against sexist and sexual violence toward women for the last 15 years. When I was 15, I was forced married, and when I was a teenager, I faced other forms of violence, which I did not realize then. Her voice, solid and calm. The Ariata explains she prefers to not go into details about the forced marriage she was subjected to when she was a teenager. All she says is that it happened during a trip to Senegal she made to visit the family she still has there to this day. Generalement, Generally, I don't want to go into details because I represent all the many women who don't make it to talk or don't want to talk and it is important that they are represented. The Ariata remembers she felt very lonely and wretched then and that she had no clue on how to get out of there. That is why when she finally managed to escape, she made the decision to dedicate her life to work with the youth, 
and support women who face gender-based violence. My click to escape, to say no and refuse that violence was an artist called Bounce and a song named Non. I listened to it over and over and identified myself with her. She was a young black woman and seemed free. Moreover, her song said it was easy to say no. The path she chose then, at the cost of cutting off part of her family, influenced her in creating the music group Dialem in 2007, the association Resonante, as well as the Up L in 2015. The letter is a free app made for women who face violence and for people who might witness episodes of violence to share their testimonies. In case of emergency, it allows users to contact trusted people they have previously chosen. Three people, called protectors, receive the alert directly when the help button is pressed. At the same time, each user can choose three contacts to protect. This is how thousands of women who use the app try to stay safe during lockdown. App Health is used especially by women in very difficult situations, and lockdown is one of them. Everyone has told us it has been very useful. We have had many new users than the 5,400 alerts sent. A concrete example is that of a woman who could help her neighbor thanks to App Else. Her name is Bintu Lum. She is 38 years old, Parisian, and head of operations at France Television. Thanks to Appel, she managed to help a neighbor get away from the partner who had been abusing her for years. One day during the lockdown, I went out with my little daughter so she could get some fresh air because she went out very little, maybe, you know, once every 10 days. And on leaving my flat, uh, I came face to face my neighborhood who was totally terrified. I found her on the corridor and she said to me that uh, her husband was just crazy and tried to strangle her. So she started to show me her mark on her neck and on her chest. And that's how I realized that something was really wrong. And she actually came for help and she didn't even wear shoes. It's like she was leaving her flat because she was so terrified she didn't put shoes on her feet. I start to speak with her and try to understand what was the situation. And she was really, really refusing categorically that I call the police. That's how I think about the app because 
So I downloaded the app immediately and I made her download the app too because the only thing she took when she left her apartment was her cell phone. And I made her download the app and the app was useful because I knew that she could get some help without her husband knowing. I sent text messages explaining the situation and seeking for help and saying, what should I do? Because she won't let me call the police, so how can I help her? And that's how someone was responding me through the app to tell me, okay, so maybe call that number to seek help or uh, you should put her in a safe place. Bindu explains that after about three hours of conversation, her neighbor agreed to let her call the police, which is also what the app advised them to do. On that same night, by the woman's will, her family came to pick her up so she didn't have to spend the night at home. The uncertainty regarding what was allowed and what wasn't during lockdown played a key role in this story. This happened during the lockdown. There is the first phase of the lockdown where we weren't allowed to leave our building only for a few reasons, like uh, making uh, for, uh, going for shopping for some food and going to the doctor or just walking around your location in a one kilometer perimeter. So that's what the rules. And as the family of my neighbor was uh, living in another department, so at least to 100 kilometers from where we lived, the lockdown was really complicated because uh, we knew that the person who will get in her car to come and pick up my neighbor could be stopped by the police and uh, had to explain what happened and be sure that the police let her come. So that's why we decided to do that during the night. So the people who come to pick up my neighbor came around midnight or one in the night. After months of trying to get away from her partner and rebuild her life in another town, her neighbor has decided to return with him. Although the processes of separating abusive relationships are often difficult and nonlinear, experts agree that the role of neighbors and other allies is key to escape from male chauvinist violence. Bintu thinks the app should have a space dedicated to this issue. The app is conceived in a way in which the victim is already texting messages and not a neighborhood or another people around. Maybe um, when you contact and report to the app, we can have both solutions because this story, what uh, I learned from is that for the victim is always, always, always difficult to seek for help, to call the authorities or do a real, or do a, a formal prosecution following what happened. And when I called the cop and I explained all the situation, what they told me is that in most of the cases, the victim never want to pursue the people who were arming her. So as it is really difficult, I think it 
could be interesting in the app if when you connect you can declare yourself as someone who are who is helping and not the victim itself An idea similar to that of Abel was one the three teenagers from Tirana, Albania also had in the fall of 2019. Arla Oza, Dea Rosani and Yonada Sukarazi are 16 years old. They are best friends and met in school five years ago. They make up the decoders team. It was in the school's hallways. While observing the abusive relationships some of their friends had, where the three friends had the idea to look for a tax solution to the violence their peers experienced in their relationships. Some of our friends were in relationships or are in relationships right now, and we would see uh, we would see that in those relationships it was kind of normal to share uh, to share passwords of social media and to kind of control what the uh, what the partner did and the the control partner was usually uh if not to say always uh the female partner it's some some people think it's okay to tell uh to tell their significant other who they should be going out with and uh we did not think that's okay we did not see that as normal and that just added to the problem of um of physical and psychological abuse against women because what is now just what may now seem as 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 normal or not not very serious uh, later on evolves into abuse and it later on evolves into what we saw on the news brutal murders friends we knew from school if you ask those people uh when they're out of relationships if they think it is okay to to be controlled by their partner they would probably say no but when when people are in actual relationships it's kind of difficult to to see the actual red flags and that is part of what our app does as well it helps you not only uh, it helps you not only overcome a situation of abuse but also understand if you are in an abusive relationship During the pandemic there has been an increase in app installations of course i think there uh, in two months there were about uh, 200 new installations uh, during the first two months of the pandemic because it's of course uh, really hard to be stuck at home with uh, with your abuser and we've tried to um, also spread the word about jeza and try um, uh, spreading the word via our social platforms uh, during this time to get as many people to download jeza working on jeza has opened our eyes a lot and things that maybe we would have gotten wrong in the past i think we're just smart much more um much more open minded to uh to being uh to to accepting what is wrong with relationships le donne devono appropriarsi delle tecnologie perché le tecnologie plasmano women must embrace technology because technology shapes the world we live in if technologies are developed only by men that will be preserved and the status quo they carry 
will be intrinsic to the way in which technologies is developed and to which technologies are developed. There is no doubt that instead we need women to participate in the development of technologies with which we can mediate our relationship with the world. Because if we don't develop an anti-violence app, no one will develop it for us. In any case, o Comunique, the app that will be developed, doesn't do justice to our complex elaboration of what violence is, how it acts, and the strategies that we want to put in place. Barbara Leda Kenny, an anthropology and expert on gender policies, has been researching the use of digital tools in combating gender-based violence during lockdown highlighting the scarce and obsolete use of technologies by institutions, especially in Italy. Among the good practices she has seen in times of pandemics, the expert mentions the work of the Ariatandiaie in her appel. Activism turns into development of virtual initiatives for women's rights. As it often happens in the real world, feminists are also targets of cyber attacks on the internet. Moi, je suis, enfin, pour la plupart du grand public, moi, je suis identifiée comme activiste de la lutte contre les violences. Most of the people identify me as a person who fights against violence toward women, not as a black feminist. This is why I don't receive many attacks. On the contrary, those who are identified as a black feminist receive online attacks daily. Online debates during the pandemic about these issues have led to attacks on some occasions. Some were so violent that activists have suffered from the consequences of these attacks in real life. This is the case of artist and activist Daniela Ortiz, who has had to flee Barcelona, where she had been living for 13 years, to escape with her three-year-old son to Peru, her home country. On June 16, I was invited to the Espejo Público TV show to give a statement on colonial monuments in the American context. In the program, I say that the colonial monuments reinforce and reproduce institutional racism and that they should be overthrown as an anti-colonial act. This generated a response, as it's common in the anti-racist militancy, of violence through social media, message of harassment, threatening insult messages through social media. What alarming me was receiving a threatening message by email, 
It was an email that had been created exclusively to treat me and where they told me that Barcelona was a very small city and my face is very recognizable. Pequeña, mi rostro muy reconocible. Eso yo se lo comuniqué a varias de mis compañeras de militancia. También le generó I communicated this to my companions and it also generated alarm. But when we saw that the situation was already coming in a more risky way, was when a journalist was passed me some telegram thread where a group of the extreme right incited me to carry out a process of political criminalization through a report of terrorism and they made a call to the police to report me. The truth is that it generated a lot of fear in me, even more in a context where a person cannot take a commercial flight and leave. I left on the last repatriation flight from the Peruvian embassy, which was the only occasion to leave, because the only country where I could enter is where I am citizen. After this experience, the only thing that really happened was that my anti-racist conviction and my decision that I'm going to continue with this fight has increased much more. makes it clear she won't stop fighting and that breaking the isolation of women can lead to big changes. What I think is really important is all the victims share a feeling of loneliness. You think you are the only one who has lived that situation, that you are the only one who has to find a solution and that you never will. This is why today the main message I give to victims is you are not alone. Euh, aux victimes, c'est euh, « tu n'es pas seul ». Also the message of the women's group at Cermi Foundation in Spain. The organization works for the promotion of the human rights of women and girls with disabilities, as well as those of wives and mothers taking care of people with disabilities. Aware that women with disabilities are among the most exposed to male chauvinist violence, right away the foundation worked to create a specific agenda on these issues during the pandemic. Isabel Caballero Perez, the foundation's coordinator, explains the specificities of gender-based violence 
toward women with disabilities. Muchas mujeres que han sido socializadas, educadas, naturalizando situaciones de There are women who have been brought up in situation where naturalizing situation of violence is normal and so you have to do almost extra work. There is something that must be done with all women, but those with disabilities, it has been more because disability is seen as a burden and violence is excused. Many women have assumed the role of burden in the family, in the couple. Han asumido ese rol de carga en la familia, en la pareja. Es una situación muy tóxica porque las dependencias son múltiples. It is a very toxic situation because the dependencies are multiple and the ways of exercising violence are based on the same thing, on sexist violence and on the idea that women are subordinated to men. But there is also an ableistic approach that is undervaluation of women because that they do not fit into the patriarchal model of women that is given. There are very specific forms that are based on not doing. Women with severe physical disability in need of support in a situation of malnutrition, poorly dressed, over-medicated, or under-medicated. Mujeres sobre-medicadas o infra-medicadas cuando tienen un tratamiento médico necesario. Keeping all this in mind, during the lockdown, the foundation developed a specific guide called No Estás Sola, You Are Not Alone, on how to ask for help. Among already existing services, it includes another mobile app called Por Mi, For Me, accessible for women with disabilities that want to signal episodes of gender-based violence. Moreover, they also created a counseling service via email and a series of webinars also called No Estás Sola. The latter were conceived as a meeting point and took place on Zoom each Wednesday through the lockdown. Nevertheless, not everyone finds it easy to access these virtual spaces and services. As numerous studies on this subject highlight, digital alphabetization has not reached many women with disabilities. Anna Pelaez, Gender Commissioner at the Shermi Foundation and one of the main international experts on women and disabilities points out. I think we could improve how we reach more women with disabilities because technologies are often an obstacle for many of them. We have to work to strengthen a digital literacy plan so that they can be connected with the world with just a mobile phone. There is not always the possibility of going out to an internet cafe. I have the need to request a transport. We hire a person to take me out and I need this support to leave. The telephone does not have reception in all areas of the community, which makes communication difficult. Olga Montufar Contreras, a 50-years-old woman from the Nahuel indigenous people, lives in Hidalgo State, the heart of Mexico. Olga had polio when she was young, and because of that, she still has a motor disability. Nevertheless, without ever abandoning her smile, 
Olga overcomes all the obstacles so as to be able to keep helping indigenous women and girls with disabilities. She explains her fight is the result of the violences she suffered during teenagehood when she was forced to marry the man who had abused her. During the webinar organized by Shermi, Olga shares the story of a 13 years old girl who was raped during the pandemic by a relative. Eh, que es de una jovencita con discapacidad visual. It belongs to a young woman with visual disabilities who was sexually abused by a person who came as a migrant, who is from the community but had left the community, but who is from the community and the young woman came to us for taking the case of violence. There were several elements and contradictions that did not allow us to move forward. Here, in the state of Hidalgo, the officials were reduced in this period of pandemic, and they defined that there are priority cases, and there are cases that are not so. Unfortunately, the girl's case was not a priority. The impunity of male chauvinist violences knows no borders. In the headquarters of the Resonant Association in Nantes, by the calm waters of the Loire River, the Ariata tells a story that has many affinities with the one Olga has just told. La question de la justice The question of justice is very complicated for victims of violence. To give an example, in France only 10% of rape victims report, and out of it only 1% is condemned. It is very difficult to obtain justice. The problem is women who report are not believed or listened to. And I think it is a problem very important to solve in order to respect the victim and give a clear message to abusers that justice is working. In the next episode, we will move from online initiatives to combat gender-based violence and we will take a look at how community-based resilience among feminists during lockdown have helped people in Spain and Italy cope with the crisis. Among others, we'll tell the story of Pura Rojas. She belongs to a community of migrant women based in Barcelona who have decided to gather together to find an alternative to unemployment in time of crisis and keep building the future they dream of. During lockdown, I was infected. During the first two weeks of confinement, I felt very sick. Despite the fact that I stayed home, I was very busy, entertained and creating, making masks for the seamstress network. Before the need, we had the opportunity to make ourselves known better. I myself have spent the whole lockdown suing. The power of the women's network lies in the fact that we can come through because we are advised, supported. We feel wrapped up by this network which keeps an eye on our needs and is concerned we are listened to. Therefore, we feel we are not alone. Y entonces nos sentimos que no estamos solas.
This series of podcasts is supported by the Stars for Media pilot project.